0: Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking.
1: Hi, and welcome to the 314th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton of Kay Barton Tools, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean Wisniewski of The Corner Workshop. Today, we're asking Marcus Tobert, the five question and i didn't say told her it, so <laughs> <I> said <it. laughs>
2: you said it just right I just,
1: exactly exactly Perfect. but anyway so let's get into it so um how did you get into woodworking
2: so uh, i guess long story short i uh always loved to draw started some uh, pyrography however you say it <laughs> wood burning mm-hmm. and uh the one day my wife actually introduced me to Lee Valley. I had zero clue about Lee Valley, zero clue about anything other than Home Depot. So, but yeah, right. no, um, the one day she took me to Lee Valley and I bought a, a razor tip burning uh, machine. And uh, that's when I saw all the hand tools and uh, didn't buy anything, got home. And then my wife told me about this um, old uh, toolbox. It was actually, I think it almost kind of looked like a fish tackling box. It was too it was two- <laughs> was two planes in there it was a uh, some uh off-brand uh, smoothing plane and a uh, old stanley block plane so picked up the block plane tried it on a piece of pallet that i had in the garage mm-hmm. and i fell in love instantly like just taking a shaving was like i've never done it before mm-hmm. i've i've seen hand planes back in uh in germany and stuff i've never really seen many here I've never really looked yeah and it, yeah, it instantly just, I fell in love. And uh, the funny story behind this whole thing is um, I did ask uh, a couple of weeks later, I did ask my wife if she's okay if I go to Lee Valley and I buy, I think it was like five, $600 worth of um, tools, like a uh, couple of chisels, Japanese uh, saw, dovetail saw. Mm-hmm. mallet and a couple other things and i told her i said this is gonna honey if you let me buy this stuff this is gonna be the last time i need to go here i'm gonna make <laughs> you every, i'm gonna make you everything that's the biggest baloney or crap that came out of my mouth <laughs> and uh if i look back in my uh, lee valley history oh man it's, I would say pages, almost, of how much I bought. But oh. then again, not in a bad way. I mean, my wife appreciates it. It's the things that I build. Even my yeah. mindset has changed. Like woodworking has changed the way I am in one way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not the drinking, but no,
0: <laughs> the same yeah. way. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not in Canada, which obviously Lee Valley is from. But it took me about, uh, probably three or four years into woodworking until I discovered Lee Valley, and I was like. Really? Like that is like the better Home Depot. The you know, it, it, it <laughs> you know they've got all that stuff. And I my I love pouring through their catalogs. I've never visited the store. There's nowhere you know within yeah. probably ten hours of me that I could get to one, and and it was like
1: oh what a game changer. Yeah. 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 And yeah, the Lee Valley is something else, especially the. uh you know, when we went to the all the conferences, and they always had their whole booth set up, and, you know, mm-hmm. you can try everything that they're... See, and, that's, that's, and they yeah, actually yeah. gave you a discount. They, uh, yeah, some of these conferences, you got free shipping and 10% off. Yeah. You know? Which yeah. was a deal, I mean,
0: legitimately. And Kyle, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kyle coming up to Cincinnati, Ohio, from Texas, you know, that's a serious deal.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. yeah
1: I've, I've dropped a grand a time or two at Lee Valley. Here mm-hmm. one of, those conferences. of course, that's back when I had a job. But anyway, you know, I wasn't retired. <laughs> now that I'm retired, damn it, they don't get any of my money. I can make that myself.
0: <laughs> I can make that myself. And you are
1: not, Mark is
2: going to forge it for you.
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Strangely enough, the, all the template were or not template, but the uh guide and, and and uh you know setup work that you're doing, maybe someday that will be you know push back in and leave value will start producing your invention see? see you can make it all come around
1: uh-huh, uh-huh
2: especially yeah. especially the stre- stretcher jig Why yeah
1: not? yeah i mean it's, it's it's possible i mean you know the winter uh chairmaker community is so huge i mean they could make hundreds of dollars <laughs> I mean,
0: but hey, they they already sell the things that assist yeah. in that way already. I mean, it's yeah. there. The yeah, market is there. The people that know yeah, the, mar- the market use them. Is
1: there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they could probably market a hell of a lot better than I can. So anyway, awesome.
0: All right, so uh, Marcus. So, anyway, yeah. That being me. said, what is your favorite tool? Oh boy,
1: do I have to pick one or? <laughs> I mean,
0: it's best. It works best if you just settle on one. Yeah,
2: go yeah. for it.
1: Yeah, but yeah. we've had people do 60, 70.
2: <laughs> I, i'll try and keep it under 10 okay, okay no okay um okay. no i would say and you guys have probably heard this so many times but my number one tool that's always with me is my 102
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay yep. i it, i mean it's such a common tool right so yeah but i it all depends like uh chair making is so different than um flat work uh so i flat work i love my block plane chair making i i love using uh, the score, the show, all of those tools are just—it's something different. But 102, that's it. So. <laughs> I understand.
0: And yeah, you can that. I mean, yeah. That is yeah. a t- tried and true. Every, I, pretty much everyone's got one. Anybody that's got one, then you know, picked one up. Actually, I think that—that's what is uh, one of my coworkers from Cleveland. You know, we've talked about woodworking. I actually made like a pizza peel for his wife, or you know, something along the way, and he said, "Oh yeah, this was my dad's," and it's just broken i mean the whole the back end is snapped <laughs> off but it's a tiny little block plane i'm like that's perfect perfect i can yeah. use that
1: mm-hmm. awesome yeah and you you can do um you can make spindles with that for uh the stick chair it's really nice with one of those too yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what i try yeah 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 when i uh took the class with chris williams yeah they said uh, bring a block plane so i brought my um my fancy uh lee valley you know, that kind of like that, I forgot what they call it, but they're just, uh, the, the space age looking. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, like the
1: block futuristic which, one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which, which works absolutely fantastic, but that thing weighs a ton. And Did I, it add you know, some horsepower? Or? Well, it, it adds some horsepower, but it really takes it out of your <laughs> hand. And I'm sitting there doing all these spindles, and by the time I got to like the fourth one, I mean, my hand's just killing me. <laughs> it's like, uh, and I didn't, you know, I have one of the one o. 102s and i should have brought it but i didn't so oh well it's live and learn but yeah 102 is a nice nice
2: it's funny you mentioned the thing with yeah. the block plane, because when i started making when i made these chairs um when i started shaping the spindles i actually started with a block plane and i ended up using a number four it actually worked mm-hmm. in my odds more comfortable so but.
1: yeah were you using a shave horse or were you using just on a
2: I was using everything. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. Well, no, when but we're I was... doing it. Yeah. Chris just uses a, a vice and just kind of plops the stick against the vice. And that's kind of the technique. It works really well. And it works extremely well for him because he has these long arms. <laughs> My oh. arms are not quite as long as his, but yeah.
2: No, I used, I, I would say I, I did pretty much exactly what like Chris Williams mm-hmm. did. Like, not, yep. not exactly, but very close. But then I did 80% of it. On the vice, and then I did, uh, I went over to the shave horse, and then it I just have more control of my spoke shave getting mm-hmm. the, the right size, I guess, for the tenants. So.
1: Yeah. That's, well that's exactly what I did because, you know, any class, you don't, you get the chair to a certain point. You get it basically all the joinery done and it's ready to go, but there's still a lot of cleanup work. So as soon as I got home, yeah, those uh, those sticks went into my shave horse to, for the so final prep. Yeah.
2: If I can ask you a question on the class, um, how long did it take you guys to make the chair?
1: Um, it was a, what was it? I guess it was a six day class. It was, you know, five days and then like uh, half a day on Saturday, I believe, or it might've been just five days. I'm not sure, but oh. I know, uh, we, the, the group that I was with, we were the first class, uh, I think, okay. Yeah, I think he's changed it up a little bit. For instance, we octagoned all the legs. And I think they said yep. that was a mistake. We should just uh, have the class do one leg, you know, just so they get the skill yep. and the the hang of it, yeah. The hang of it, not do all four legs. But I mean we got all, all of our chairs done, but uh it was it was a race to the finish, well, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Crazy, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and, and luckily I've been to a, a few chair classes before, so I knew what to expect. I knew I wouldn't come in home with a finished chair. I knew I was going to yeah. come home with parts I would then have to refine and do. So, yeah.
2: But, but it's more for the experience, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And meeting Chris. Chris is such a wonderful guy, he's fantastic. Yeah. I yeah. uh, can't say enough good things about Chris. Yeah, but, Well, you know, and Christopher Schwartz was there too, so both Chris's. <laughs>
2: Sure. Both Chris's, yeah. Both
1: Chris's. Yeah, we, it, it was a fun week. Needless to say, really fun week. Um, so with that said, so who's influenced you the most? <laughs> I think you know the answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. What's the answer? Uh, Christopher Swartz. <laughs> Pretty uh, correct
2: dot on. <laughs> there you yeah, go. Yeah, I know. That's, I think, for most woodworkers. I think it's just mm. even for him starting Lost Art Press, Right, right the way he writes even i mean i read a book and i sometimes even have to chuckle i mean that's and i hate reading books so yeah
1: yeah yeah and i think that's that's great yeah he has a great you know if you're into if you're into you know how he presents uh the subject matter it is absolutely fantastic and i'm very into it i mean it's humorous and to the point and uh yeah it's it's he's got a wonderful writing style that's for sure
2: See, but the thing is, if and I'm not gonna add anything, but influence in the beginning lost art press, and then from there on it goes right. Like chairmaking has its own kind of a path. Mm-hmm. Same with same with turning, and then all the other stuff, and then you get into shaker furniture. Chris Becksworth, and it goes. The list goes on. There's a lot of inspiration out there. Oh yeah, yeah. For sure.
0: I th- I think if 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 you're a chairmaker, and especially a chairmaker in the last 20 years. There's a good chance that Christopher Schwarz was your inspiration, legitimately. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I've been tempted. I haven't bitten on that that at quite apple quite yet, but uh, it um, yes, for sure. He, yeah. the, his his knowledge, his production, yeah. his you know, even the just the way he presents everything is wonderful.
2: I was going to say, uh, even the confidence when you read certain books, even making a stake, chair, the confidence. Reading that stuff gives you to hey you don't need all of this stuff you don't need to make Windsor chairs you can make a normal chair that just it's inspiring so right and, I, and
0: and it's it's kind of funny because you're you're not the first uh or, or the second in the in the last two months of of us just having these conversations where yeah. someone said very something very similar it's like Chris Schwarz just made it so made me aware that I was able to do that. Yeah. And that is such an empowering little thing. It's so cool. Yeah. So anyway, so beyond that, we're right going to the next question. So what has been your biggest stumbling block?
2: Well, I, back to the previous uh, conversation, I would say sourcing lumber is a big one at times and not necessarily a stumbling block in my woodworking journey, but more in like the paths I want to take, right? Sometimes I want to, start a project now but i can't source any lumber or i don't mm-hmm. have the funds to source lumber so that's a stumbling block space sometimes then uh time time is a big one but overall i think the way like with the way my projects are going the way i kind of organize everything it's actually going well there's not too many stumbling blocks there hasn't been any big issues i had in my woodworking
0: so yeah i mean that's good i mean oh in in my area there's woodcraft was like a late Idea to me, but there's one within you know a hundred miles yeah. of me. Um, I did find one sawmill, you know, and it's a guy that runs a thing. You know, it's not like an official <laughs> like lumber company. You know, it
2: was just okay. It's, it's like true. the black market. No. <laughs> it, is. it is. It is. I mean, yeah. kind of. I mean, I
0: I was I was lucky enough to meet a, a friend of mine who you know was he found out people that were dropping maple and walnut trees. And he had them carted off to this guy who milled them and dried them, mm-hmm. and then I got to purchase some of that wood from that process, you know, at a discount price. You know, it was great. Yeah. Um, you know, but come no, here I, around midnight,
1: yeah. <laughs> no, it come wasn't here that around bad. Midnight. It,
0: it, it really, but it really was like come <laughs> to my parents' house and come to the back in the shed, like because <laughs> sure, that's make where sure it was. You're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. But but it was, you know. It was it was great, but I mean that is like for sure. Like when I was was looking at, at making stuff, I mean that 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 particular story was a you know blanket chest for my niece and yeah. nephew, and you know I wanted to get something I didn't want to get Home Depot wood, I, you know it, that's dried to the bone and and terrible, you know I'd like something thicker and something better and, and so you know the the sources are limited and and especially now if you're in like semi rural. Uh, Canada I mean I get it like there's <laughs> the sourcing of it is is huge but it's glad, I'm, I'm glad it's working out for you yeah, um, yeah. and you have the, and you have the patience for it to work out for you that's yeah. that's fantastic
1: but I think Sean oh. we've established that Marcus has a uh, unnatural aptitude for this yes he's been woodworking <laughs> since 2016 <laughs> and he's the only person that said my biggest stumbling block is sourcing lumber
0: yeah yeah, yeah that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. It's oh. not. It's that's, that's not bad. <laughs> See,
2: that's not bad. <laughs> See, the thing is too. If I may add to this, uh, to this question, but the other thing is too. How far are you willing to take it? Right, like, like, can you source lumber? Yes, you can sometimes. But certain people can take it. Like, can keep it local, right? Like, mm-hmm. certain people have. Uh, they just have to put extra work into it to actually get the lumber. You have to put some labor into it. And for me, the trees we have here, there's nothing. So it's, I, I, I'm kind of, I guess I would say I'm kind of going the Christopher Schwartz uh, yep. way where like built with what you have and you can still make a Windsor chair. you I mean, it might be hard to make a balloon back, but let's mm-hmm. go take a chair class and make one if you really have to. But yeah. Yeah. And for sure. I was going to add one more thing. The other thing is with the stumbling block is a big one too for, most people i would say but for me is um since i started on my own without no friends woodworking no family members no nothing is and i haven't taken any classes is sometimes the knowledge right like the joinery what are you gonna if if you can you can be inspired by building whatever but do you have the knowledge of the joinery and how stuff goes together that's sometimes a little difficult too so
0: And you've done a fantastic job of learning on your own without any instruction, really, other than reading, you know, you've done a fantastic job of of making making it happen, you know, from from everything from spoon carving to bench building to chair building to, you know, you know, you're crossing so many different pathways and uh, succeeding at all of them. I think, you know, you're doing fantastic.
2: Thanks. Very welcome.
1: Yeah, I'm jealous as hell. But anyway, moving along. <laughs> so, uh, how has the internet influenced your work? Quite a quite a bit. Again. Yeah.
2: That's where it all started. So, quite a bit. I mean, every day. I don't have any other social media platforms, just Instagram. Mm-hmm. But every day you pop that sucker up, and <laughs> I was new chairs come up, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. But the internet. I mean, without without the internet. I don't think I would, I would be here right now. Mm -hmm. Not, not, not this far, at least not this advanced. I mean, online, like books, everything, blogs, even people's failures are sometimes inspiring you and helping you to not make the mistake, right? It's like having a big brother that made the mistake already. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, I get a lot, almost, uh, I think I agree with you. I almost get a lot more out of, you know, people's mistakes yeah. than their successes sometimes.
2: But then there's also yeah. the bad side about um, not just social media, the internet yeah. itself right? is where it is sometimes uninspiring because you just in a perfect world, you would just, I would just be here making chairs right now. Mm-hmm. But then you look on the internet and you just keep scrolling or keep looking at websites. And then you see other people's successes, whereas sometimes you think, can I make this or, vice versa, I guess. And you just see too much info. There's too much information at times. You don't even know who to believe anymore. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
2: choose the finish that works for you. I mean, nobody's going to judge you because most people here don't even know how to woodwork. So they'll appreciate it anyways. But when right. you start out woodworking, I mean, I mean, you're judging yourself and you're trying to figure out the perfect way. There is no perfect way. So mm. I think that's quite a challenge for a new beginner, I guess for all the information that's out there. So.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I think even it's the experience would work yeah, you can get bogged down in the minutia of uh, social media sometimes. And yeah, I try to restrict myself to only looking at Instagram twice a day and yeah. I count myself lucky if it's four times a day. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do try to restrict myself as far as far as doing that. And uh, but you know, yeah, there are some incredible stuff. And yeah, like you said, every time I just, Oh, I can't pull up. There's a new, um, uh, Asian woodworker. I think it's out of Japan that I just stumbled across the last couple of weeks. And, uh, they are making, I think it's more of a company than just uh, one dude, but, um, <laughs> they are making some chairs that are just absolutely incredible. So anyway, but, um i would call them out by name if i could find it off the top of my head but i can't so but yeah there's some incredible incredible work out there so yes there is (laughs) but with that said um so um where can folks find you on the interwebs marcus
2: instagram at marcus tobert and my website marcus
1: okay sean what about you and sean what about you I think we Ooh, might Sorry, have lost, I
0: muted myself. I, I apologize. I, uh, like, I think we might
1: have lost Sean. no so You can always find Sean at SeanW78 on most social media platforms. That's true. <laughs> and Kyle, where can people find you? You can always find me at Barton.Kyle on Instagram, the only social media platform that matters. And with that, that just about wraps it up for this show. So if you haven't already muted yourself, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. <laughs> Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association, then you'll never miss any of our exciting episodes. And while uh, you're there, please leave us a review. And
0: thanks for listening while I'm muted. Uh, every once in a while, you can follow <laughs> us on Twitter at MWA underscore National on Instagram at MWA underscore Podcast, or just like us on Facebook. Find the MWA. Uh, while you're there, uh, you know the best thing you can do, you know, is tell a, tell a friend. You know, have, have a conversation, talk about your upbringing, talk about the stuff you do in your spare time, because word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.